0: well it's good to be in the house of the lord amen it's good to be where people worship god freely amen we don't have to make you praise god amen it's in you to praise him amen praise god we won't go there but uh <laughs> praise the lord so it's it's good to be even a uh, easter lily on a day like today amen amen god is so wonderful 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 savior amen thank you lord bless you jesus thank you lord thank you lord thank you jesus lord we love you love is 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 something that you gave to us not even our love we just give what you gave back to us give that back to you and We honor you today and we love you. We thank you so much. Thanks isn't even an adequate word for what you've done for us, Lord. It's just not adequate at all. We owe you everything, Lord. We have nothing to repay you with. We only repay you with what you've already given us, Lord. We're so blessed and so thankful. We love you today, Lord, more than you will ever know. And we thank you for what you've done you're doing going to do and what you have planned for us we thank you for it Lord in Jesus name amen and praise God amen 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 so the miracle of Jesus resurrection I thought I would read some to you from the word before we get into uh, what I was going to talk about we're talking about miracles since yesterday and this certainly is a miracle amen in matthew chapter 27 verse 45 it says now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land to the ninth hour and about the ninth hour jesus cried with a loud voice saying my god my god why have you forsaken me some of them that stood there when they heard that said this man is calling for elijah and right away, one of them ran, took a sponge, filled it with vinegar, put it on a reed, and gave him to drink. The rest said, Let be, let us see whether Elijah will come and save him. And Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. And the earth did quake, and the rocks were broken apart, and graves were open. And many bodies of the saints which slept arose, came out of the graves after his resurrection, and went into the holy city and appeared to many. Now when the centurion and they which were watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things that were done, they feared greatly and said, truly, this was the Son of God. Many women were there, beholding afar off, which followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering unto them. Among them was Mary Magdalene, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, James and Joseph, and Zebedee's mother. Um, I'm going to skip over to 28, chapter 28, and verse 1. And in the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning, and his garment was white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, fear you, uh, fear not, for I know that you seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, just like he said. Amen. Come and see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he's going before you into Galilee, and there you shall see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy, and did run to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell his disciples, um, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail. And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Be not afraid. Go tell my brethren and they that go into Galilee, and there they shall see me. Now then, when they were going, behold, some of the watch came into the city and showed unto the chief priests all the things that were done. And when they were assembled with the elders and had taken counsel, they gave large sums of money to the soldiers, saying, Say that his disciples came by night and stole him away while we slept. And if it shall come to the governor's ears, we will persuade him and secure you. So they took the money and did as they were taught. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews unto this day. Amen. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee and to the mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go you, therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever. I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So he is risen, just like he said. Amen. The fulfilling of prophecy is so important in the life of Jesus that everything that he did was a fulfillment, of prophecy. When he would heal people, the Bible says he did that, that it might be confirmed, amen, which was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, amen, that he himself took our infirmities and he bore our sicknesses. So Jesus fulfilled every word that he said about himself. And he will do that now. Everything that he tells you he's going to do, he will fulfill it. He has not changed. Amen. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hell could not hold him. Amen. The grave could not hold him. Death could not hold him. He is invincible and he rose up with all power. So we are very thankful that he lives in us and he has delegated power to us. Amen. Over the enemy. So that we don't have to yield to the devil at not one little bit. Amen. Not one. So quit using the devil as an excuse for why you can't do something. You have authority over him. Amen. Submit to God first. Resist the devil, and he's got to flee. Why? Because God's backing you up. He ain't scared of you, he's scared of God. Amen amen praise god so we talked about miracles some yesterday we defined what a miracle is and a miracle really is a perceptible interruption in the laws of nature such that can be attempted to be explained by divine intervention and is sometimes associated with a miracle worker sorry miracle worker statistically unlikely but beneficial event regarded as wonderful so that's what a miracle is and and we understand the miraculous power of god because we are walking miracles amen we're dead and alive amen dead to sin and alive to righteousness amen we're dead to the works of the flesh and we're alive to the works of the spirit so we are are um uh i guess i guess one word is a miracle amen that's (laughs) old things are passed away all things have become new we are new creatures in christ we're a new species of being there's never been people like us before amen and won't be afterwards we are specific species we are god and man amen all rolled up into one and so it's it's a good thing. We are miraculous people, and, and we are God's walking miracles in the earth. And we are sent here to do miraculous things through the power of God. So when we talk about miracles, we we understood that that was one way that the early church stayed powerful and stayed in faith. It was through their faith confession, through what they said about God, through what they said about his word, uh, through what they expected God to do, uh, whenever they would be obedient to him, um, when they would gather together daily under the apostles' doctrine and prayer. You know, one of the reasons that that churches go underground is because their power, the power of God is such a threat to natural power. Amen. Every government that ever was sees the power of God as a threat. Amen even some of these um uh, so-called uh democracies uh, uh where they claim freedom but when that freedom interferes with the plan of the prince of this world you see how they really really do feel about it uh we've had a good dose of that in the last 2 years churches were declared non-essential amen um, but of course home depot is essential right all right. So anyway, but um but see we we as believers have to continue to hear from God, continue to do the work of the ministry, because the work of the gospel is not canceled by any government. Amen. Caesar couldn't cancel it. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Pilate found no fault in Jesus. Amen. There's nothing he could charge against him. And so once once we understand that we serve a God who is all-powerful, that will give us an understanding of why the miraculous is necessary sometimes, why God moves the way he does, uh, why he does the things that he does to bring glory and honor to himself and also to reveal truth to people who sit in darkness. And so part of the reason for miracles is to, number one, correct wrongs in the earth alleviate human suffering you know to uh meet a need that needs to be met uh sometimes miracles occur and and we can't understand why god we get involved in something like that you know um, you know in our own personal judgment we tend to look at things based on what we feel is important and what we feel is not important and so but god gets involved where uh um, standards for a miracle are met amen and so we'll talk about what those are in fact i can share what those are right now miracles follow the will of god it's the will and the word of god that that a miracle occurs when god says that he's going to make a way for you to pay your bills if it takes a miracle to do that he'll he'll do that amen so he'll never stop believing god based on what you see or you think might be possible amen if he said he's going to do something he's going to do it but you got to hang on to your faith in order to see it happen and to let it benefit you you can't be a doubter and sitting there and saying well i don't see how this is going to happen because this ain't right and that ain't right nothing's ever right amen as far as this world is concerned This world is – the world system is set up to make everything miserable, hurtful, painful, steal, kill, destroy, all that kind of stuff. It really is against not just the Christian, but it's against the the unbeliever in in the way he wants to live his life. You know, unbelievers want to have uh, good things in life, too. They want to have a job. They want to have a family. They want to have money in the bank. They want to be able to go on vacation all the things that that um, that the world can make you long for, it will also work real hard to rob you, from you. Amen. You'll see people work for years to uh, to be able to retire and and go and do this and go and do that, and they barely make it to retirement. And when they do, they're chronically ill or something like that befalls them, and and barely get there. And and where was all that planning and all that, uh, interest in, you know, I'm working hard toward my this and hard toward my that? You know, you're going to need God to get there. You ain't going to get there without God. Amen. Because the devil loves setting you up, you know, just when you get across the threshold, he'll snatch the rug out from under you. Amen. And, and he'll show you what, what the wages of sin is. Amen. It's taking away from you, always taken away from you. And so we have to understand that God intervenes in the miraculous just so his word can manifest in the earth, just so we can have a normal, happy life. I mean, I'm not talking about a bunch of frills. You know, sometimes it's just enough, you know, in in some some areas until you can get, your, your footing and then you can begin to add to that. Amen. But some people work in, until they're very, very up in age before they can get what they call on easy street where they can relax and they have extra money in the bank or they have something for this and something for that. And if you got, you know, adult children or children, you better not let them know you got something tucked away somewhere. Huh? Hmm? It's flowers on Mother's Day, flowers on Father's Day, the Easter, Bunny, Christmas, all that stuff. Amen? (laughs) Because they be right in there for their cut. And so, you know, we have these things to contend with. But God still is a God of miracles. He will cut across all of that and bring you the desires of your heart. Amen? All you have to do is want it. And, and understand and have faith that God will provide it for you. And, and there, there's your miracle. So miracles follow the will of God. Miracles also follow faith. Miracles follow the Word of God. Amen. So faith, the will of God, and the Word of God, which is His will. And, and also the timing of God. I, I'll put it that way too. It's like, you know, you can't just, uh, um, Speak the word, see this, see that, you know, in a a regimented kind of way. It's, it's all through the spirit. Amen. So the spirit is where the permission comes from for the release of the miracle. You can have your faith, you can have faith in the word, you can have faith in God. But if the door is not open for it, you know, by permission of God through the anointing, whatever, uh, then it won't occur. And so we, we have to know not just the will of God and have faith in him, but the timing of God, the permission of God for these things to take place. There are many reasons for a miracle. We talked about the fact that uh, the word uh, miracle has a root at its, the root of that word means to look or to behold. So a miracle is something that grabs your attention. Amen. It's made to grab your attention. Amen. So it is a sign and signs always point to something or someone. So a miracle is a sign that points to God as the author of it. Amen. You can't put it on anybody else but God, you know, and you know how religious devils try to take credit for what God does. Amen. They always do. But in the end, God will get glory from it because People who understand God or people who really meditate and question and ask God will find out that only God did that. Amen. The weeping statue didn't do it. Amen. Uh, All of that is is, it has to be the power of God and God will make sure people know that it's his power that does the work. So if you turn to John chapter two, we have a, a miracle situation here. This was. The beginning of Jesus' miracles was at a wedding, amen, and, um you know, not many, I guess many, many ministers would be involved in wedding miracles <laughs> because a lot of times after we do the I do's, we exit, amen, you don't, you don't stay around for the drinking and the chicken wings and the, all that kind of stuff, you know, so anyway, but Jesus was there and in their their weddings were celebrations family celebrations they were uh places uh, or occasions for people to renew acquaintances relationships all of that stuff and so as as uh jesus is here it says he was invited he was requested to be there and that's very important if you don't invite god in he will not come in amen And so it says here on verse 2, verse 1, on the third day, there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there, and both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. When they wanted wine or when they ran out of wine or when they lacked wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Jesus said, woman, what have I to do with you? My hour is not yet come. And so Jesus wasn't what we call feeling it. Amen. Amen. (laughs) And sometimes that's the way we are. You understand we ain't feeling it. But that doesn't mean that our hour is not yet come. Amen. Amen. There there have been times when I've just been walking around in the supermarket or, you know, a a neighbor will come over or something like that and it'd just be a normal conversation and then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit will start to move in a certain direction. Well, prior to that, I wasn't feeling it. You know, I was just talking to my neighbor and, you know, whatever was going on. It's amazing how quickly the anointing can overshadow you and overtake you and catch you up into the things of God. Amen. And many times we'll think, like, well, I've got to do this, or yeah, I've got to fast so many days, or I've got to, you know, as though you can make it happen. Amen. The minute you think you're making something happen, it won't happen for you. Amen. Because God will let you know real, real quickly it's His will. No matter if you're called, if you're anointed, how many times you've done this, whatever it is, it must be God's open door for those things to happen. These things happen as the Spirit wills. And we can't forget that. We have to always keep that in mind and respect it. And Jesus said, my hour is not yet come. His mother didn't argue with him. Amen. She is respectful. Now you'll find this among widows. In, 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 back in the Jewish culture, the son was really now, the oldest son was now the head of the household. Amen. And so she could come to him and petition him, but if he said no, she couldn't refute that. She couldn't argue. Boy, I'm going to slap you upside your head. You talking back to me. You didn't do that. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't throwing no shade, no, nobody. Everybody got quiet all of a sudden. I'm thinking about, oh, what, what did I say? Huh? <laughs> Hopefully, there'll come a point where you won't have to say that to Junior, who's now 45 years old. Amen. But anyway, they were respected as a husband would be of the Lord of the house. Amen. So it was not proper for her to argue with him or try to correct him or refute him. Amen. She had a better uh, method of getting through to Jesus. Y'all know what that was? told told his daddy on him amen <laughs> he'll have to argue with nobody go just go get his daddy huh i mean if you know where he is if you don't know where he is talk to god about him okay and you get in all kind of trouble around here i ain't even trying for no trouble amen I can't get in too much trouble, Poppy, outside. I ain't got nobody in here to bail me out, so. Amen. So anyway. But, but she, she, instead, she turned her attention to what she was supposed to turn it to, and that was to the servants. She did have authority over them. Hello? She wasn't just somebody's bossy mama coming in there. You know, she was a guest just as Jesus was, amen, but she had authority over those servants. God gave it to her. Why? Because the servants were important in the scenario of the miracle, amen? So when a miracle is occurring, all the principal, I would say, the major players in the miracle have to be engaged. They have to be alerted. They have to be instructed. So whoever is a a major player in the miracle will have some instruction given to them, will have an understanding of what to do, or will just be obedient and do what the person in charge tells them to do. And in this situation, she was in charge. Now, my thinking is Mary might have been a relative, an aunt or somebody like that, or somebody who was engaged in the process of preparing the wedding, Being responsible to make sure, you know, many times the women servants like Martha and Mary were both serving the guests. Oftentimes the women as a group would serve people. And so it's possible that she might have taken on some responsibility in the service or or in ordering the servants and, and instructing them and telling them what to do. And so she went to the servants right away and told them that whatever he says to you, do it. Amen? And so she was alerting the servants that they were going to get instructions from someone. Now, the servants, of course, knew they were out of wine because they're the first ones to find out. You got me? You go up to somebody, somebody says, refill my glass, and you go back and the pitcher's empty, you know it. And so the servants really were, to be honest with you, the people that can help the miracle often are the ones that God will choose to get involved in it. And so the servants, because they're on front street, you know, people are coming up to them and they don't have anything for them. They're embarrassed. They don't know what to say. So they want an answer. So you can say the servant's faith is engaged in getting the answer, amen, because they want off the hot seat. They want to be able to get these people with these cups in their hands, wagging them in their faces. They want to be able to give them something. And so the servants being ones who knew that they were out and ones who were responsible for providing were, of course, a part of the miracle. So Mary alerts them. That my son is going to tell you something, amen, that was all she knew, amen. She didn't have to know any more than that. Many times when you're involved in, in God using you to work miracles, all you know is the next step. You don't know the whole thing from beginning to end, and you don't know how it's going to end up. And you often don't know if it's going to work or not. It's called faith. See, so you step into the realm of faith at the level you're at, and you're able to get into that room where the rest of it, the first part of it is provided, and the rest of it follows after it if you're careful to stay in the realm of faith. Amen. You have to know that God is is got you on level one, and you complete level one before you get to level two amen all you know is god is going to do something amen and you're believing he's going to solve the problem amen and so that's when you step into it mary doesn't know what's going to happen she just knows the next step and the next step is that son of mine is going to be sorry he told me (laughs) i'm gonna show him who the mama is amen the mother always has influence with the father amen kids need to remember that amen amen and so many many times you know your children will come to you and tell you about things they want to do and and daddy said i can't do it and you know just whining to you and you know well let me go talk to him amen because you have influence with dad. Amen. And if you didn't know that before, it's a revelation. Write it down. Well, (laughs) you have it now. So anyway, so anyway, he's, whatever he says to you, do it. So Mary knew when she talked to Jesus that he was the answer, that he was going to provide the wine for the, for the uh, reception. And so it says in, in verse six, and there were six, there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews. Now, it, it, this is the water that they would use to wash with. So these were not beverage containers. You got me? They didn't come out the kitchen. They made it come from outside. You understand there was no doubt a well where they would pump water and Pump it into these vessels, but this was not the same, uh, thing that you would use to get water for drinking. Amen. This was water for washing your hands, washing your feet, out your bathroom. You know, I still have a thing about taking dishes in a bathroom and putting them in there and wash. I mean, I don't care if your kitchen sink is broke. It's just you don't cross that threshold and bring stuff out there. To... I I know when we when we first came here we didn't have a well there was never a sink in the kitchen we didn't have a sink in the where it is now in this back hallway now we had this laundry you know utility sink here and. I remember thinking, I said to myself, I said, Lord, somebody gonna think they can go in a men's room, you know, and draw from that sink that's in there. And I just didn't like it. And before I knew it, God had miraculously found us a sink exactly the size back. Where did that size, that ain't even a standard size sink back there. He had miraculously found us exactly the size sink that we needed and it was installed. Amen just because Baba didn't feel good about thinking somebody might get a bright idea and say, well, here's water right here. Ah!" So I could imagine what these people at the wedding were thinking. What do you think the servants were thinking? And why do you think Mary told them what she told them? Because she said it's going to be off the hook, off the chain, huh? Everything. So she had no clue how it was going to shake out, but she knew it was going to be a wild trip. Amen? Cuz they were totally out. So Jesus came to them and said, "Fill the water the water pots with water." And they filled them to the brim. And he said to them, "Draw out now and give it to the governor of the feast and they poured it out. Whatever he says to you, do it." When you're in miracle working mode whatever jesus the holy spirit puts in your heart to do you have to obey that you cannot be the kind of person to sit up and second guess the holy ghost in fact people like that don't get used much until they lose that you know that's something you got to lose is uh thinking about what it looks like thinking about uh what people are going to say what you think, how comfortable you are, how, com- how comfortable you are not, you can't put you in it at all. You have to pull yourself out of the whole thing and be willing to obey up until the end. Amen. I, I remember uh, someone shared a, a testimony one time. Um, there was a um, someone she had ministered for at their church, and the pastor And one of the deacons or one of his assistants shared a testimony with her. And she was saying, they told me, they said, we don't share this too often. And um, I think maybe they felt they didn't want to make people think that this would work for everybody or whatever. I'm not that fearful about the spirit of prophecy because it does rest on your testimony. And it does it does provide an unction. And, and without an unction, people are very, very scared to step out and do certain things. You understand what I'm saying? But anyway, she said that, that uh, there was uh, someone who had a miracle ministry, had been at their church the week before, and taught a whole week to the church on miracles. And she said that they, the, they were doing some repairs at the church while they were working. Uh, this huge column fell on the pastor and had him pinned underneath it, and uh, his, his legs were numb and crushed, and his assistant was there with him, and he told the pastor to move his legs. He commanded him to move his legs in the name of Jesus for a whole hour. Now, see, after one time, most of us now one one, and it wouldn't have been wrong if that's as far as your faith went. But he said after an hour, the pastor moved his legs, and they pushed that off of him. He got up and walked around, was completely healed. Got me. So there is an unction that repeats and will keep you in the miracle flow for as long as you need to be in that miracle flow you got me when it's when it's time for god to do things like that it's it's a it's a a grace that comes over you and that lets you know that god is still with you say it again i'm still with you say it again he's not done yet i'm still with you say it again amen you know, sometimes we wonder how people can get miracles and how they can stay and, and continue to do certain things over a long period of time. And it's grace, amen, that, that comes with the unction to do whatever it is that, that you're, you're doing. It will put, take you out of your natural realm and suspend you over in the realm of the spirit where it seems easy, natural, like, you know, the proper thing to do. You don't have any doubt in that. There's no fear in that. Um, the gifts of the spirit work consistently. You know, gift of faith often works in situations like that. You know, it's not your regular faith. It's a supernatural faith that comes upon you. Often it comes to rescue people out of danger. You know, you'll find people would would have gift of faith operating you know you hear stories about people that you know a car fell on somebody and they were able to push themselves out from under the car and wiggle out from under it well that's a gift of faith that's not you know just speaking to the mountain expecting it to move kind of faith and so there are are ways that god has to get the miraculous in but everything you need to Get that miracle done. God will supply it. Don't ever fear if. Well, I don't know. I, I you know, I don't know. I, I don't do word of knowledge too often. I don't prophesy to people. When you need it, it'll be there. You get in a place where you're trying to help somebody. You don't prophesy because you don't want to help nobody. But yourself. It's called prophelying No, like I don't know who this is for, but go check your mailbox. You got ten thousand dollars in there. God. Well, it ain't for me because mine ain't in the mailbox. If I got it, it's in the bank somewhere. And you don't know nothing about it, devil. Mind your own business. Go get ten thousand for yourself. No, $10,000 just don't show up. <laughs> you got to make room for that stuff in your heart. You know what I'm saying? You got to see that in the word. I'm scared of people. When you see people, yeah, I'm going to go do it. I got that. Amen. It's sad. God has so much, you know, And I'm not talking about money either. Amen. He brings your dignity back into your life. You know, he used to... (laughs) Some of the stuff we used to do. My goodness, money couldn't pay you to stop doing it. Amen. Amen. So... These servants obeyed and filled them up to the brim. Now, I don't know where they usually got water for people to drink, but I don't think that was the source. Them pots sitting there. I think they took their pitchers usually out to the well and pumped fresh well water when they wanted water for people to drink. Come on now. See, a miracle will make you cross all kind of lines. It'll make you break all kind of rules. It'll make you step over protocol. Amen. Because a miracle has God's sanction on it, not man's. Amen. And so that's what you're looking for. You're looking for God's sanction and not man's. And so Jesus told him to pour it out now and give it to the governor of the feast. And they did it. All the way up to the end. The anointing for miracles causes people to obey even against their better judgment, against their will, against tradition, against normal protocol. It will cause you to cross lines. That's why, that's why when we defined a miracle. We talked about being an interruption of the laws of nature, an interruption of the laws of protocol an interruption of of laws that are in operation and are and will succeed if they're not intervened with amen so mary did a favor for this family she used the influence she had to get a miracle and at the same time god was doing something amen so you know people people wonder why The first miracle was at a wedding. How come it couldn't have been at the hospital where we're comfortable thinking they can happen or they should happen? Amen? You know, heal us or at the morgue. Go down there, raise up a dead person. Amen? But a wedding, seriously? Huh? You know how much drink is drunk at weddings and how much is thrown away and people go leave half a glass and who cares about getting more wine for these people that but when you think about it here's a public assembly of a lot of people And maybe some people God wants to show a miracle to. Amen. Because I see no reason to multiply wine for anybody. That's just me. When we out, go home. (laughs) I said it in all three languages. Amen. English. What do we speak English. Ebonics, ghetto fabulous, ghetto not so fat. go home. Amen. In fact, that's always the signal for when the party is over. They go home on their own. They find out there's no wine there. So here you got a throwaway situation. Amen. <laughs> no wonder Jesus didn't want to have nothing to do with it. He probably thinking too his first miracle's going to be real dignified. <laughs> and the disciples too. Amen. So they poured it out to the governor and he tasted the water that was made wine and didn't know that that was what had happened. Only the servants knew and they scared to tell anybody. Amen. And the governor of the feast called to the bridegroom and he said to him, every man at the beginning, now this is how things usually go, sets forth the good wine. In other words, you put your best stuff out for the guest, hoping that there will be enough that when they're, they've drunk everything, you know, then you can see if there's some rock gut left somewhere, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Get them... uh What's that i was thinking the, the uh wine that um uh no 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 the the anybody talking about that no i'm not talking about that fraser fraser and his brother you know the wine taster people the, the dad was dating this lady Marsha Mason played the girlfriend, Fraser's dad's girlfriend, and she was kind of everyday, low class, loud. They didn't like her. You know, she didn't have enough whatever for them, and uh, she was always doing nice things for them, and they had to smile, and, and even though they were dying on the inside – and she said, oh, I picked up some wine for us. And so she gave it to Niles. And he said, oh, it comes in a nice uh, carton, a <laughs> cardboard box. <laughs> it's in a nice one." Cor- he used to checking corks and dates and stuff. And can we get to pour it out and all that and they wine clubs and stuff? He said, it's in a nice little cardboard box. <laughs> That's what the governor said. He said, they usually bring out the cardboard box about this time. Amen. Because when you're drunk, you don't know the difference. Amen. He said, but you kept the best wine for now. In other words, he had tasted what they had before and knew that this didn't compare. Amen. Amen. Everything God does that's miraculous stands alone. Amen. It stands head and shoulders above everything else that can be compared to it. Amen. Amen. So he said, you have served the best wine until now. Now, this beginning of miracles, Jesus did at Cana of Galilee, beginning of miracles. This was his first ever miracle. Amen. And it showed forth the glory of the Lord, and his disciples believed in him. So here Jesus has got these guys who are are saying they're following him, amen, but they don't know anything about what he can do. And so God does miracles to show people who his servants are, amen. it, It will identify the servant as being a servant of God. You put it that way. Oftentimes, he also does it to um, meet needs, which was done here. It does it to keep peace and and contentment and happiness in a situation. So there are many reasons for the miraculous coming into being, but in this situation, it was to, to make Jesus stand out as a man who was anointed of God to do miracles. Amen? And so his first miracle was done there at Cana of Galilee. You know, many people say things like to explain why Mary went to him. They say, well, he probably had done something before, you know, with their dinner or something. That's not true. Never did a miracle before he, before he was 30 years old. He wasn't even eligible for ministry. He had to follow certain protocol. You know, and, and and also until he was anointed by the Holy Spirit. We saw that in Luke chapter 4. You can't do anything until God anoints you to do it. And he said, this day, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. I haven't been anointed before today. Amen. And so when you think about it, he's following everything according to the way we are supposed to follow it as well. Until you're anointed by the Holy Spirit. God will not move you into ministry, miracle working power, anything like that. Amen? And so it, it takes the anointing in order to do that. How you get anointed, nobody can tell you step by step. Your step by step is is what God gives you. Amen? You follow him. He's the one who confers it on you. Man can't give it to you. Man can can witness when it comes upon you. Amen? Amen. We know it when it's on people, but we can't tell you how to get it, and we can't tell you when it's supposed to come on you. Amen? That's why it's a little dangerous sometimes, you know, to get involved. in. You know, you see some people doing these things like, well, you know, uh, uh, come come to my school, and I'll give you a certificate and this and take tuition and all that. Well, they can't anoint you. I mean, it, it, nothing's wrong with, with going to school and learning, but you want to talk to God about where to go because he's the one that's got to approve of anything that you have and place the anointing on you. Amen. And so when, you you know, you, you, you save yourself a lot of grief, a lot of trouble if you understand those things. I see people go to somebody's different school every year. You know, they got this, that, and the other, and, and still are not anointed to do any. They don't help people. You know, it, it's unfortunate, but, you know, get with God. Find out. God, I see in here in Mark 16 that I'm supposed to lay hands on the sick and cast out devil. Show me. Teach me. Train me how to do that. I want to do it. I want to obey you. So you you show me. Amen if he sends you to school fine if he tells you just keep reading your bible that's fine too amen you can you can be the uh, the uh miracle worker of your your street amen your backyard the conference room at your job amen wherever god would would open a door for you amen that's that's what you do so In a miracle, you have to have faith. We see Mary is the one carrying the faith for everybody. Amen. And there are people that God puts in situations that have faith for the whole thing. Uh, Oral Roberts had a situation that um, uh, a woman came up to him with a son. I think he was deformed from birth. He either had something had not been developed in him. He was missing like a uh a limb or a socket or something like that and and uh when she brought the boy up he said well ma'am this will take a creative miracle she he said and i just don't have the faith for that she said you just pray for him i got the faith amen and the boy received amen amen and and so the, there are people that god will put that in their hearts they are agents who can carry the miracle from beginning to end They get up every morning believing it's going to happen. See, it's got to happen. Amen. God told me it's going to happen. And so when you walk in that kind of understanding of things, you can be the agent for the miracle. Amen. So she supplied the faith. The um, servants had faith, but it was more on a desire level. It was more on a desperation mode. Amen. If I don't care who tells me to do what, if it's going to get me off the hot seat with this empty pitcher in my hand, you know, I'm all for it. And so they they were able to flow with the anointing for the miracle. Amen. Um, along with Mary, Jesus was going to obey the father, period. Amen. He was going to obey because he always did. And so whatever it was that the father told him to do, that was what he did. And so this is how miracles happen. There's a need. There's the will of God. There's faith that it will happen. Not faith that it could happen one day, but it will happen now. Amen. That this is the hour for this to happen. And so when all those things come together, you have good ingredients for a miracle. Amen. Miracles happen when faith and the anointing collide together they just come into smack and the power of god is there and what falls out is everything is in place intact nothing missing nothing broken everything works and works well amen because god does all things well so amen so um let's go to matthew let's see i think matthew chapter
1: look real quick chapter 9. I want to
0: make sure we have all of the elements I want here. Yeah, I'm going to, I'll use this one. Okay. This is um, Two miracles, actually, um, <clears throat> in one one situation. Uh, it says here, let me see, hang on a sec, maybe I'll go to Luke chapter 8. I always say I like this one better, and I never remember which one it is. I think it's Luke chapter
1: 8. Yeah. Okay. So Luke chapter eight, we'll start in verse 40.
0: It came to pass that when Jesus was returned, the people gladly received him, for they were all waiting for him. And behold, there came a man named Jairus. He was a ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come to his house. For he had one only daughter, about 12 years of age. And she was at home dying, amen. But as he went, the people began to throng him. So, this is common at when people know the power of God is in residence. It, and this is one of the reasons for miracles is to get people's attention, and to get it long enough so that they can receive whatever it is God has for them, amen. So the fact that that uh these are, are large crowds does not diminish the fact that Jesus can give individual attention to people, that God is not able to point certain people out that are ready for their miracle. Um uh it 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 doesn't have the effect sometimes that we sometimes see it have in our circumstances or in our churches many times we see mega churches with puny power amen because there's a lot of reasons for crowds jesus had crowds for the right reason so you've got to look at his crowds as different from what we would see say if we had uh, a coliseum full of people uh, who were christians and they were having a, a meeting amen sometimes you can get Miracles there, and sometimes you don't. Sometimes people just are there to be a part of the crowd, or they like the music, or they just want to be there because their friends came. You have all kinds of reasons, but the reasons, his his ministry was so perfect in every way, and he was so perfect in every way, that crowds didn't diminish the effectiveness of his anointing. It didn't dissipate the anointing like you will see it happen in some settings where we have. Amen. And so, um, so Jesus was, was there and this huge crowd begins now to follow him because this ruler of the synagogue probably is a well-known man. They know the daughter and these people want to see something. Amen. Miracle people who follow miracles often follow them because they're excited by them. There's something that's grabbing them. You understand in this, and it varies from person to person. When we used to to we used to take bus loads of people to Benny Hinn's meetings, and we would see people. Um, sometimes God would heal people at the meeting. Um, he'd heal people before they got to the meeting, you know, on the bus. Um, it, it, it just depends on when that faith is ready to manifest the healing that you get healed. Because oftentimes by the time you got to the meeting and you got through all that crowd and you got through all the onlookers who didn't have faith and so forth and so on, it's a little tough, you know, to get any work done to be honest with you. Now, he has some wonderful meetings, and they have wonderful healings, but you can't get to everybody all the time, uh, and you don't have that perfect unction, that perfect anointing of the Holy Ghost that Jesus had. you know. But we can get as close to that as we can. I mean, there's no reason why we can't get it. It's just that somehow it doesn't happen all the time. And so, but crowds never affected The power in his ministry one way or the other he was not affected by it so anyway this man has one only daughter and a crowd of people are thronging him in that crowd is a woman that has an issue of blood she's had this bleeding 12 years you all know the story she spent all her money and she's run out of money so she can't see the doctor anymore so she makes up her mind that she's going to trust Jesus as her healer. That's really sometimes all you have to do to get what you need from God, is make the decision to turn to God. So she makes the decision to turn to him. And inside of her, she starts talking to herself and starts planning it out. To me, this is a very important part of your healing no matter who you are? Have you talked to God? Have you meditated and began to discuss with God on the inside of you what's going to happen, how it's going to happen? Or do you think just quoting scripture and boom, you jump over into your healing? Meditate on the word day and night. Then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. And all you're getting, get understanding. See, what's lacking sometimes in between the time that we begin to confess the word and we begin to claim what we desire from God is the meditation in between can be very lacking. And that's where God really wants to plan your situation out and begin to give you expectation for it to happen so expectation becomes the fruit of meditation expectation is the fruit of meditation in other words you begin to think about well god you said you were going to do it and uh, you know it hasn't happened and i'm just really i'm not just want to sit here and wait i want to see what i can do to help this what do i do to help this and that's how you begin you begin to say it within yourself just like she did the bible says she said within herself if i can do this i will be healed amen so she set a cause and effect situation up for her healing i'll cause it to happen by following him and looking for my opportunity to touch his garment. You don't know how many times she might have started out to do that. And got beaten back by the priest. She is probably well known as being unclean. Because whenever she had to walk into the street, she had to announce herself. Pushed around. Amen. So she decides one day between her and the Holy Ghost, she going to get on the ground. You know, before they slap you down, go down there anyway. Got me? Amen. So she crawls around on the ground. Amen. She wasn't in that crowd that was shoulder to shoulder with Jesus pushing him. How do you know that? Verse 45, he said, who touched me? He didn't see anybody at shoulder level who qualified. Because she touched the hem of his garment. Amen. She said, I can just touch his clothes. Now behold. So Jesus said, who touched me? Everybody denied. And Peter said, Master, everybody's touching you. Everybody's touching you. Why are you questioning who did it? And he said, somebody touched me because I felt power go out of me. I felt virtue. Somebody touched me with the purpose of getting what I have. I'm going to say it again. Somebody touched me with a determination to get what I have. Amen. Jesus knows the difference. He knows the difference between our little dry confession. I believe I received it when I prayed. I expect it. Now, ain't nothing wrong with that. We all do it because that's part of the the preliminary forgetting what you need. Amen. You see, that don't work. You say, "Oh, well, that ain't working." God, what do I need? I need something a little stronger. Hmm? I need to be meaning what I say. this lady meant what she said she was taking a chance even being there and she was intending i think this is what her intent was go there touch him get healed go home don't stop talk to nobody don't you know want to bless nobody don't say hi girlfriend how you doing you don't do none of that stuff just go take what you need and go home and he says, somebody touched me because I felt the virtue go out of me. And when the woman saw that what happened was discovered. Now, this is the other thing about miracle working power. It carries a strong spirit of conviction of sin. It carries a strong holiness with it. It, it any In other words, if somebody in the crowd is wrong, they're going to be uncovered. You got me? If somebody is doing something that they think is not right, they will be uncovered. So even though she received her healing, and even though God blessed her in this, it disturbed her the way she went about getting it. Come on now. It says she saw she was not hidden anymore. So she thought she was going to be hidden, go get healed. She had such confidence in the touch. See? That's where her faith was. She knew that if she touched him, she was going to get it. And her faith proved out to be right because she got it. Amen? But in the meantime, there's something else bugging her. They're still under the Jewish law. Jesus has not gone to the cross yet to make that available to just everybody who would believe. Now, people who believe were able to fall upon his mercy and receive, but... Now we get it through covenant. See, it's given already to us. And while he walked the streets and and did his ministry, it was given to those who believed on an individual basis. But there were still some things that had to be fulfilled in the Jewish law, and she knew it. She knew she wasn't supposed to be touching him. But she did it anyway. Faith came before the law. Faith overrides the law every single time. Amen. So she proved out the superiority of faith over the law in that she received her healing. Says she knew within herself that she was healed. Amen. When you're healed, you know it. Amen. You do. Amen amen if in fact everything that's true about you you know it when you're saved you know it you know people can't tell you when you, you well you are saved no when you're saved you know it don't convince nobody they saved when they can't tell you they saved. amen you just come on now you don't have a heaven or a hell to put nobody in so stop playing god amen Amen. The Lord knows those who are his. Ask him. (laughs) So this lady actually, in her mind, really stole her miracle because on so many levels, she wasn't supposed to have it except the one on faith, the one that's important. What's important is faith. Amen. So on the faith level, she was entitled to it. But on the level of the law that they lived under, she was not. Amen? Amen. She was supposed to have, through obedience to the law, gotten healed. Amen? But she overrode that with her faith. See, faith is greater than the law. Faith came before transgression, for there was even any knowledge of transgression. The law came to teach us how to believe God. (laughs) Amen? Back us up a little bit. Amen. So, so, when she, she, here she, she touches him, he wants to know who touched him, cause virtue went out of him. And when she saw that she wasn't hid, she was exposed, in other words. So, God always points, He shines the light on any darkness in a situation. Darkness is not your friend. Darkness can come later and rob you of what light has brought to you if it's not dealt with. And so Jesus had to deal with this darkness about her, wanting to be hidden, not wanting to let anybody know what she was doing. All of that kind of stuff can work against you when you're looking to God for something. Amen. You'll see people that come out of a dead church and go to a, a healing service, a Benny Hinn service or anybody's healing service, and get healed, and they don't want to tell anybody that at their church that they went. You, you see what I'm saying? See, that's a darkness, and if they go back into that darkness, they'll lose it. Amen. Don't want to tell anybody, I can't tell the pastor I was over here. You better tell somebody, amen, and don't be ashamed of what God's doing for you. If he tells you to go give your testimony, you got to give your testimony, amen. And so she she fell down before him and declared to him before all the people why she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. So she gives her testimony right then and there, amen. That's the best thing you can do to get darkness off of you. See, see, she confesses what she thinks is is something she did wrong. Amen. She confesses it as something that's wrong to do. Well, Jesus is a high priest. After the order of Melchizedek, he's higher than Levi is in the priesthood. In fact, his, nobody can question it. All other priesthoods came from his. So once he hears your confession, he tells you, okay, you're okay. Huh? You don't have to go show yourself to the priest. You don't have to go explain to anybody what happened. You don't have to go tell nobody nothing. You've already explained it to the great high priest. And if he tells you your sins are forgiven or you're, you've been made whole, go your way, don't worry about nothing, then it's okay all the way down the line. She's running from a priesthood, and he, there's one standing right in front of her ready to tell her she's okay. And he told her after she got up, What does he do? He really tells her her sins are forgiven. Basically, if you think you did anything wrong, you didn't. He says, be of good comfort. Be at peace. You didn't do anything wrong. What you did was right. He said, your faith has made you whole. In other words, the law didn't do this for you. The law was probably keeping you sick for 12 years never gave you an opportunity to get prayer and get healed, to come see the priest, to get, you understand, all they did was tell her she was unclean. So that kind of drove her to the world for what she needed. Well, it's not so odd. Look at our churches that we have. Everybody going to the doctor and no, and no altar call. How are you going to get healed in a church that don't ever call you up for prayer? Past your bar, don't be picky. I ain't picking on nobody. They got the same opportunity we do to pray for people. To lay hands on the sick. So anyway, he tells her to go in peace. Her faith has made her whole. That's something important to know. You need to know what your faith can do. Amen. She needs to know that. How did that happen? It just wasn't you touching me. It was your faith that pulled that, extracted that from me. Amen? Faith meets the anointing, and a miracle happens. Amen? And so he tells her to go in peace. In other words, you don't owe anybody anything. Don't apologize to anybody. You don't have to explain anything to anybody. Don't be disturbed about anything. Amen. It says, and while he yet spoke, now before he can get done with her, here's trouble. Mm -hmm. See, there's always all kinds of trouble wherever God is. Wherever miracle working power is, the devil is bound to show up. He can't run anything unless the person in charge of the meeting lets him run it. Amen. He's not in charge. You can let him sit back and watch, watch the show. Amen. Or you could throw him out. Amen. And so here's trouble coming right down the road. And when he came, um, uh, it says while he yet spoke, There came one from the ruler of the synagogue's house saying to him, your daughter's dead. Now how's that for consolation? Don't trouble, don't trouble him. Let Jesus go about his way. Your daughter's already dead. Huh? How'd you like him for a best friend? And when Jesus heard these words, one 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 of the writers of this story said he immediately turned to the man and told him not to fear. So at the same time, the devil is coming to put a fear seed in your heart, to plant it there. Jesus is right there telling you, pluck it out. You're still in the hunt. That doesn't mean anything the no- The news you just heard has nothing to do with your daughter getting healed. Amen. Well, but they say she's dead. It doesn't mean anything now, why doesn't it mean anything? Amen Why doesn't it? Because of what happened in verses 40 and 41. He came and asked Jesus to heal his daughter, and Jesus must have said yes, because he was on his way. Uh When the woman with the issue came up behind him. So Jesus had received this girl's healing for this man already before all this other stuff happened. See, it doesn't matter what happens in between the manifestation and when your faith is activated. You know, they can drop dead, they can get worse, they can take a turn for the worse. You ever heard people saying that in hospitals? So and so's taking a turn, well, they turning back again. Amen. They turning over to health again in Jesus' name. And so you've got to be there with the word to counter anything that would come in there to steal that from you. So he told him, fear not, believe only, and she will be made whole. Amen. So this is the word that's in your heart when people bring you bad news. You've been believing God for something good, and all of a sudden something bad shows up. You don't have to believe that because I received my stuff already. Devil, you're too late. You can't take it away from me because I got it already. Whenever your faith is engaged and you touch God, whatever the tell, devil tells you after that is too late. So Jesus went to the, the house and all these people there, you know, they're having to the wake already. They be having it before you die. They done brought the food and the casseroles already and the girl was still living. Huh? They've been bringing them for three, four days ain't even come down from detroit and she don't never travel nowhere you know she made it all down here and everything everybody that showed up for the death watch so jesus tells them all the mourners tell them to stop crying she ain't dead she's asleep amen well he tells the truth wherever he goes huh why is she not dead because he held her soul in life when the man asked him for it. She'd been alive the whole time. She was never dead. She was sleep to them. And you can't blame her. I guess that little girl said, well, let me just go on here and die. These people, ain't nobody here praying for me. Ain't nobody here that Jesus ain't got here yet. I don't know what the holdup is. I heard they were going to get him. so they laughed at him you know that's the devil's last pitch when he starts making fun of you you almost there you got me laughed him to scorn to see if they could talk him out of it amen ridicule trying to ridicule you out of your faith amen amen and he put them all out took her by the hand told her to get up and in 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 verse 55 it says and her spirit came back again why because he's the father of spirits he works for the father of spirits. he had power to bring her her she was never dead as far as he was concerned she could have waited a whole nother day lazarus waited four days amen and her spirit came again and she arose right away and he commanded the lady that brought the casserole miss mom from detroit feed her huh he put her right up there at the table with all them people that's sitting up waiting to have a wake they fed her and she ate all that food right in front of them amen i guess she said y'all having a party for me i want something to eat amen y'all ain't gonna eat up all this for me Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for understanding. Thank you, Lord, for the good things that you're doing with the anointing, with the power of God. We thank you, Lord, that you do all things well. You open blinded eyes. You cause the lame to walk, the deaf to hear, blind to see. You do all of those things, Lord, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. If anybody wants prayer, you can come on up and I'll pray for you. Praise the Lord. watching, that's in pain, discomfort, go. In the name of Jesus' pain, in Jesus' name, He bore our pains, carried our sorrows, and raised up whole, and we are raised up whole in Him right now, in the name of Jesus, and we thank You, Lord, that by Your stripes, we are healed, we are whole, we are at peace,
1: nothing missing,
0: nothing broken.
1: Amen. Praise God. Amen. In Jesus'
0: name. Praise God. All right, why don't we do our declaration? I don't have Rona. She don't have me. I can't get Rona. She can't get me. Thank you, Lord. That by your stripes we are healed. Amen, Amen, and Amen again amen (laughs) the
1: devil I'm sorry we're
0: serving communion we need to stay put for a bit amen sorry about that but we ain't serving it with Rona here she left so praise God (laughs) praise God amen (laughs) praise God Ms. Nola if you get everybody served we can do this. We're also praying for um, Chanel's dad, Mr. Phil, and uh, we will be, She will be taking his elements out to him uh, this afternoon. We're done. we're also praying for both of her little dogs. Amen. They're having communion too, so for their health and their wholeness. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> Get that served. Make sure everybody has... First Corinthians, um, Chapter eleven, and verse twenty eight, it says, Let every man examine himself, amen, and then let him eat and drink. Of eat of the bread and drink of the cup. You know, so many times in traditional Christianity we've been told that we couldn't take communion because we didn't like Sister So and So. Y'all know that old stuff. I know it's been a long time, but you've forgotten it. But they would withhold communion because they had something against somebody. When if if you do, and and God brings that to your thinking. At the time of communion, all you have to do is ask forgiveness and proceed and partake of the cup and the body. And I think sometimes people don't uh, receive everything they need at the communion table because they don't take time to examine themselves. And so we'll take a minute right now to reflect and ask the Lord if there's something. And, and two, ask him if there's something he wants to deliver you from, something he wants to remove from you. And so that you can take in his body, his healed body, his whole body, his sinless body, his body that is full of strength and power. Sometimes there are things that you want because you want God to use you more. You want to partake of his anointing and his power in a greater way. This is a time to put that before the Lord. There have been times when I've wanted God, you know, I really want us to have more Uh, Power in the ministry, I want more of the people to be able to move in power and, and that kind of thing. And it's been settled at the communion table where I can let go of weakness and lack in that area and pick up strength. And so if there's anything like that that you want to present before God, you leave it. Whatever is lacking and missing, you leave it here at the communion table on your side and then you raise yourself up on the Lord's side when you partake of his body and his blood. So we'll take a minute for that. Praise God. Thank you, Becky. Praise God. And of course, forgive those that you, you have issues with or forgive situations. Forgive people, hurts, wounds, leave them here. And pick up the strength of God, the healing of God, restoration, and the plan of God. Thank you, Jesus. In verse 24, it says, When he had given thanks, he broke the bread and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So let's eat of his broken body, which is represented by the bread. and when he had supped he said this, is, this cup is the new testament in my blood this do you as often as you drink it in remembrance of me remember that he, his body was broken for you and his blood was shed for you And you come away from this table with no lack, nothing missing, nothing broken. He said, for as often as you eat this bread. Didn't say how often you have to do it. But every time you do it, you do show forth the Lord's death until he comes. Amen. So you remember what he did for you when you eat the bread and drink the cup. So drink the cup, all of it. So Father we have partaken of the broken body of the Lord Jesus Christ. The one that was torn and spilled out so that ours could remain whole. Right now we receive our health, our wholeness, our answers to prayer, everything that we need Father. We are right with you because we have fortified ourselves in the spirit of the living God. So we thank you for this exchange. That you've made for us. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. So receive your healing. Receive your wholeness. Receive your freedom. If you came in with fear. You can let go of it. Because God has delivered you from fear. He is our substitute. In those things. And he paid the price. For our total freedom. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. And Father, we thank you for our hospitality today and for our fellowship meal that we have time to fellowship with our friends and family from Detroit. And we thank you, Lord, for blessing us during this time of fellowship, one with another. In Jesus' name, Amen, and praise God. Amen, amen, and amen again. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God.